You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea and Priya. Welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. My name is Tanea and this week, like all weeks, I'm joined by my co-host Priya Richards, the one and only. P-Dog, what's up? Hi guys, not much. What about you? I'm loving your new microphone. Oh my God, it's been a good day. I got a new pod set up. I got a new recording kit, if you will. Uh, we leveled up. It's pretty nice. It is. Uh, I hope you can hear the difference in the audio quality because I invested my dollars to make sure that the audio coming I to you guys it. is the best it can be. We are just moving up the podcast chain, aren't we? Even being on camera right? Oh, let's talk about that. You know, it's interesting. I actually had a lot of people say to me, I like seeing you guys. So I mean, you're pretty hot. So you're not bad to look at. Who wouldn't want to look at us? The effort that we went to, to do that one on camera bit. (laughs) This could be a slippery slope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the roommate was angry. Yeah, my roommate did not like the fact that we brought in like three cameras and lights and just took over the lounge room. And it just happened to be a day that she was working from home. And she's like, let me shower. I'm like, no, it makes too much noise. And then I stopped midway through and ran up <laughs> and yelled at her to turn her music off. And she got angry. I didn't yell. I was polite. But no, I was a bit, yeah. Anyways, let's let's um make an, let's make enough money from this podcast so we can like get our own studio. And then we'll do every episode. Maybe we crowdfund it. Let's crowdfund this. Let's crowdfund this podcast. Really smart. You are really $2 a month. We just need like 30,000 of you guys. What do you call it? You're really entrepreneurial. Is that the word? Is that a word? That is the word. Congratulations. That's it. Can I just make up a word? No, that's a word already. Oh my god. It's a word okay. already. That's that's really smart. I reckon we start up a GoFundMe and we get our own girls on the grid studio. Let's do it. Let's just do a let's do a Patreon. See, I don't I don't know what that is. This is where people pay for exclusive content. OnlyFans? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's like OnlyFans, but minus like okay. the nudes and stuff. All right. Well, yeah. I, your voice sounded so disappointed when I said that it was minus <laughs> the nudes. Oh. <laughs> You're like, oh. Yeah, sorry. Oh. All right, yeah, that's definitely not going to happen, but it was fun. No free feet. All right, enough talk about our crowdfunding and, you know, taking over the podcast world plans. Priya, we've just come off Darwin and we were both in Darwin. How was your weekend other than sweaty? I was a very sick girl, unfortunately. Oh, wait, you did. You had a bad time. I did not see you once outside of the track. When I was at the track, I was in the truck and wherever I needed to be. You were a sick gal. Slept. I was just very sick. I was been one of those unlucky people who have caught the absolute monster flu that's going around at the moment. I don't even know if it was the flu. I think it was just like the cold on steroids. That's what I'm hearing is going around. So I don't know. But it was terrible. I didn't get to kind of enjoy it as much as I was hoping to. Townsville is just as fun as Darwin. Yeah, exactly. We'll be in the sun and hopefully feeling a lot better. And no midges in Townsville. I my body is covered head to toe in midgy bites and it is so itchy and like I did not get one. I'm covered in them and they're stern, they've turned in like scabs. They're itchy. They're itchy and they're gross. But um that's the worst part about Darwin is anytime you go outside you just get Eating alive. 
Maybe that's why I don't have any because I didn't go anywhere. Well, I'm very Priya did not go outside for four days. I'm just super sensitive to mozzies and any kind of bites, mozzies, you know, ant bites, midgy bites, all that stuff. Nah, they don't think I'm that delicious. I just have must have real tasty blood. Mm, you're quite delicious. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. My Darwin, no, no, my Darwin was busy. Career Cup was up there, Supercars was up there, so it was a busy time, but I uh, did find a way to enjoy myself every evening, and Darwin's always a great time. Like, it's just so much fun. I kind of wish I stayed for a bit longer, but maybe that's a next year plan. Maybe we do a Girls on the Grid on tour, Darwin edition. Oh, yeah, we should go, like, pat some crocodiles and stuff when we're up there. Let's go see the Adelaide, the Adelaide River jumping crocs. They're fun. They jump? Crocodiles can jump? They, like, jump out of the water. No way. I'm really looking forward to Townsville, but um, yeah, like I said before, hopefully we're better because I feel like I'm still suffering a bit, but we'll be fine. She needs to take a teaspoon of cement and just harden up. Um, I found a, I'm currently in a newfound obsession of playing futsal games. So Do you say four games in however many days? Four games in four days. I have a little bit of a problem, but I just really enjoy it. And it's been a very long time since I've actually had something outside of work and uh, I'm pretty much a 0% or 100% person. I'm either 100% in or 0% in. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of just thrown myself into playing futsal of an evening, but I'm also not very good at being bad at things. So when I start something new and I'm bad at it, I just want to do everything I possibly can to get good at it. And like, I just don't do well at being bad at things. So I'm in that phase where I'm just trying to get good or, you know, reasonable enough to not look like an absolute fool with a soccer ball. Tell us about your female empowerment moment. But yeah, last night I played in a men's league because they needed a player and I was like, why the heck not? So I was the only girl <laughs> out on the field and our team only scored one goal. Just milk that for as long as you can. It's doing bad things to my ego and it was a complete fluke, but I'm just going to claim it and I'm going to run with it and I'm just going to hold on to it so tight because I don't score many goals. All right, that is enough from us for this introduction. We're going to jump straight into the episode with our guest, Tahan. Now, Tahan is best known for being on Big Brother in 2013, but she's also the partner of current supercars driver, David Reynolds. So we uh, grabbed Tahan to have a chat because she is a girl on the grid and she's a big supporter of our podcast and Women in Motorsport. So it was good to chat to her about her involvement in motorsport and her opinion on getting rid of grid girls. So all of that is coming up in the next chat on the Girls on the Grid podcast. And Tahan, welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Well, thanks for having me, finally. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we've been trying to G this up yeah, for a couple of weeks. Our times are just not aligned, but finally I'm on holidays now so I can, I'm somewhat free. You know what, how, like how good it is that there's so many women that are on our list to talk to that people are like, why didn't you get me sooner? I'm like, there's just so many awesome women. Yeah. Like, it's so good. <laughs> exactly. That's good. That's good that you're getting um, a lodge to pick from. That's amazing to hear. Yeah, it's really cool. So this is Girls on the Grid and we're going to talk about a lot of things, but primarily we're going to talk about your involvement in motorsport. Now, 
You give me a face to make you look like there's not a whole lot. <laughs> but not you're a girl on the grid, so that's why you're here. Yeah, I'm a girlfriend, and I think I'm the worst girlfriend out of all of them because I, like, know the least about motorsport. I still ask questions to this day. I remember, like, I still ask Renee. I'm like, what does this mean? What is that? Is that good? Is that bad? What, what's happening? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Why is this happening? I, I'm still that, like, girlfriend that knows nothing 10 years later and I know nothing. But you've stuck around. You're committed. That's true. But, I mean, like, I'm getting better. Like, I'm learning certain things and I'm getting more, like, cultured and aware. I should actually know more. But I think it's I think it's a good thing, though, because David likes it that I don't know much about motorsport because when he comes home... probably likes that you're not completely wrapped yeah, up in it as well. Exactly. His whole life was would be motorsport if you were like obsessed. And if he comes home and then he like you know if he has a shit day, I'm like, but do you know what happened? Like in hindsight, like this could have happened, and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like stop talking. So it's kind of a good thing that I just kind of like just do TikToks with him instead. He loves that. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see the last one we just did? That went semi-viral. Like, I'm almost... Is that the one about having sex or was yeah, that... Yeah, yeah, it's from that movie. And literally, I'm at, like, almost 900,000 views. What the hell? And I only have a short window to film those things with David. So, like, he literally gives me five minutes. So I have to make it quick, painless, and he needs to just, like, it has to be super quick for him and, like, nothing... I've worked with Dave before and you have a very small window of opportunity yeah. to... <laughs> exactly and he loses interest and then we're like fighting two seconds later I'm like we're done we're done when do you want to see Ryu every weekend or every second weekend you guys have a break up but are we over filming something yeah that's true (laughs) all right so back to motorsport what was your first ever kind of experience where you were like what is this like cars actually race around do you remember that first time when you were like kind of thrust into this crazy sport and you know what happened with that yeah I remember I was um doing I was doing stuff with a promo agency and one of the ladies said oh would you like to work the f1s it's actually really fun and back then it was like it was monster obviously I was a monster girl and the first one was like f1s and I was like oh yeah cool like I don't really care about it but yeah sure it was like good money and um, like, well, really, it wasn't really work. It was just like paid to party and have fun. Um, so that was kind of the first kind of like taste I got. I still really didn't pay much attention to like the sport in general, but it wasn't until I actually got my first V8 Supercars Grid Girl job that I was kind of like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. This is actually really, there's more to cars just going around in circles. There's like strategy. There's a little science behind it. Um, and obviously like I met David and I was like, is this a driver? Like, this is not what a driver looks like to me in my head. I thought like, you know, a hoon, like driving a car. I don't know. That's just kind of what my vision was. Um, but yeah, no, that was the first kind of taste when I started doing my like promo grid girl stuff. And that was actually really, fu- it was actually really fun. So that was my first taste of it. And I always say that we I got to do promo at like it's prime. <laughs> So back then it was like the best time to do it. When was the first taste of motorsport and what event was it? <sighs> well, like the first one was Phillip Island. It was April 2012. That's how I can't remember like what round it was exactly. But um, we also got to like go to the catering and sit with the, like, you know, the team and be part of the team. Um, and we got to do all these cool things. Like it was kind of like access all areas. And then back then I also got a contract with 
uh, I think it was like Bottolo or FPR at the time and Bottolo. So I got to go to all the rounds and yeah, it was so cool. Like we got our own hire car, we got accommodation, um, obviously and to paid to be there for the weekend. It was like, like I said, we got it at the prime. It was so much fun. And yeah, I think from there I kind of was like, this is actually a really cool sport. Like I honestly had no idea about Every time Supercars was on TV, I'd be like, oh, flick it over, flick it over, not this. I can't be bothered watching this. Boring. Boring. Yeah. And then obviously you start to get to know people down pit lane and you like have an investment because you know the drivers and like so, like pe- people on the team. You're like, oh, that guy's the engineer for that. Or you know what I mean? So you get to know people and it kind of was like I was invested from that point. So how did you meet Dave? Obviously the Bottolo connection. He was a Bottolo driver back then. Yeah. Give us all the goss. We want I've, the goss. I've, I've spoken about this so many times. I feel like it's pretty old for those who people who know it. But I just remember he was like, he walked into the like the garage when we first were there for the promo, the job. And he was a bit cocky as well. And he was just like, I just like loved his energy. Like we were instantly friends. Like from the day I met him, we were like good friends. He like made me feel like I knew I've known him for ages when I only just met him. And he was like, you know what, girls, you don't have to walk very far. Like I did you guys a favor. I qualified on the front row of the grid. Like I'm second. So like you don't have to walk very far. He was just trying to impress you 100%. Well, exactly. But he was trying to impress the other good girl because I, I had a boyfriend at the time. And the other girl was single, so I was trying to set them up. I was like, yeah, so, like, what do you think of Dave? What do you think of, like, the other chick? And then it didn't really go anywhere. Like, they were both like, yeah. Like, oh, the girl was like, I think her name was Nelly at the time. She was like, yeah, not interested in him. And I was just, like, friendly with him. So that's how we met. And then, obviously, we, I, you know, got to go around to the rounds after that. So we just kind of, like, became friends. And I didn't want to, like, I David is not my type of guy. Like, I literally, before David, I would not consider Dave, dating David. He was not my type at all. And I said that to him. And he was like, what is your type? I'm like, first of all, you're, like, white. I date tan guys. <laughs> and he can't even tan. <laughs> so I think that But I- fast forward 10 years and you've had a kid together and your kid is also, like... A mini David. <laughs> a mini David. Exactly. And he's, like... <laughs> I know who would have thought but I feel like there is something in that honest uh opposites attract seriously because um he is like the yin to my yang and you guys are so much opposite yeah we're like we're so similar but so opposite and one of you is like a and one of you is z like yeah. it's just we can be opposites but we're two peas in a pod like it's so weird but yeah we just work like, he's he's so rational like I need someone rational and you need rational. <laughs> <laughs> no Tahan, you cannot fly to the moon. I know. Why not Dave? Why can't I buy five hundred dollars worth of like clothes? Why? That I'm probably only gonna wear once. Why, David? Why? <laughs> so did you guys hook up straight like in that year in twenty twelve? Yeah, it was like the end of twenty twelve. So I met him at the start, like April, and then I went away for a bit. I went to like on a girls' trip to like America for a bit. Um, and then I'd obviously broken up with my partner when I got back from that trip. And then I was still doing the bottle of stuff with David and we kind of just kept hanging out. And I was like, why am I excited to get a text message from this guy? Like, why do I care about this guy? I don't even, why? No, I'm not even interested. And then we kind of like kept hanging out and becoming friends. And so that's the thing. We were a friend. We were friends before we became anything. 
So it wasn't long after you met Dave and, you know, started seeing him that you went into the Big Brother house. Yeah. 2013 season. Yeah, 2013. Can you tell us about that experience? I remember sitting at home watching it on TV. Really? You would have been so young. I watched that season crazy. I was I was 15. Okay, yeah, yeah, but still, that's still, like, I was old enough. Yeah. I remember that is the last season of Big Brother that I actually watched. Really? Yeah, well, that's all a lot of people. It stopped the year. They went, it went, went one more year after us and then it went off the air for a bit and now it's back. Yeah, 2013 was the season I watched and I was like, I love this show. Really? That's so great. We literally would sit in the house and be like, no one's watching us. We're freaking boring. No one cares. Like, we're like the biggest losers right now. We're just like sunbathing by a pool. No one cares. So much drama that year. It was so much drama. And that's the thing. I think that's what's so good about reality TV then because like we were like on the cusp of social media so like we didn't just growing exactly and we didn't go in thinking we're going to be social media stars and all the free shit after all the events that you're going to be invited to after whereas i think now reality stars or people who go on reality shows get famous yeah they know that and they do it just for that purpose whereas i think that's why a lot of our um friendships and also arguments were so real and genuine is because we literally we're living and breathing and it was just us being ourselves like we weren't trying to you know be a villain or trying to do anything to get that fame after because we didn't know what was going to happen after so I think that's why reality tv now uh, then was so much better than it is now but like when I auditioned for the show I honestly I've never watched Big Brother I never cared about Big Brother I used to honestly bag people out who went on Big Brother I was like oh people who go on the show are so stupid they're the biggest idiots like as if you do that and then I kind of got, like, approached um, by a star now. Like, I had a star now profile back then, which is kind of like, I guess, uh, like, a, well, how can I relate it to people so they understand the most? It's like classifieds. It's like a classifieds for people. Yeah, like, exactly. If you have a, yeah, if you yeah. have, like, a car sale, <laughs> like, if you're on car sale, you have your, you're advertising your car. Like, it's like I'm advertising myself, like, yeah, I can do that's where I found all the that's when I did uni films and stuff. I found all my actors and actresses for on Star Now. Yeah, so I had them approach me on Star Now saying, Hey, you look like you'd be a great fit for our show for Big Brother. Um, you should apply. And I was like, Oh, thanks, but no thanks, like, not my style. Um, and then they're like, Oh, but here's a link if you just want to register. It's like five questions or two seconds. I was like, Look, I'll have a look at it. I looked at the link, I did the five questions, like, literally did not even try, like, I didn't even care if I got in or not. And I got an email back straight away saying, you've been fast-tracked. And I was like, what? I was like, I gave them nothing. Like, why do they want, like, why would they want me? Probably different to what everyone else did though. Yeah, well, maybe. Like, I just, because I didn't care enough. You know, when you just don't care. Um, And then I just kept getting through the stages. I even told Alex Mavridakis, who's like the producer at one stage, I had a fight with him in the audition. Like, he was trying to tell me that, I was going to, I like, he, they ask hypothetical questions in the auditions. Like, you know, if you ran into a car, would you leave a note? You're guaranteed no one will see it. And obviously people were like, yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't leave a note. I'll drive away. And I said, no, I would leave a note. He's like, I don't think you would. I'm like, well, you're an idiot because I did. And I've done that in the past and I could have got away with it, but I didn't. It's just not who I am. I believe in karma. And he kept fighting me. And I'm like, well, you're an idiot. I just like kept telling the executive producer, the guy who chooses who goes on the show, that he was an idiot, that he didn't believe me. And then he called me up straight after that. I was like, you're on the show. I'm like, I thought you hated me. I called you an idiot several times in the audition. <laughs> and everyone, that, even there was the people who got on the show that were in my audition with me. I think it was like um, Xavier. He was on the show. And he's like, oh, my God, I honestly did not think I'd see you in the house because you literally were telling 
the guy who chooses who goes on the show, like he was, you're calling him an idiot and a dickhead on many occasions. And I was like, yeah, I didn't think I'd get on the show either. And I also lied. I said I was single. So a lot of people thought that I got on because of David. Like people right. thought I got on because David was a big supercar driver. I actually lied. Were you guys publicly together then? No, no, we weren't. Like we were like, we were together enough. Like I was, I went to Darwin and he got pole and all that kind of stuff. So we were taking photos together as if we were a couple, but it wasn't like on my social. Like I wasn't like, we weren't like announcing it, but people kind of knew we were together, but it wasn't like official, like every, like everywhere. Mm. Yeah. And what was the being in the house experience like? Look, I say it's like fun prison. Because it's it's like you're told when to go to sleep. You're told well, not to go to sleep, but like we could have gone. They just turn the lights out. They used to just turn the lights out. Hey, well, yeah, like, they okay. turn the lights off. But sometimes they they you know we don't know the times. So we have no clocks in there. We don't know the way of telling times. So like we literally just like would go to sleep at like two o'clock. We thought it was twelve o'clock, and then they wake us up. That every day we'd wake up at seven or whatever. So we'd like feel like wrecked. And you can't sleep during the day. Then don't allow that. So if we were caught sleeping they'd like punish us or wake us up so we yeah it was like fun prison like we were told what to do that's so cool yeah hot water was on only a certain time so i'd have a freezing cold shower if i wanted to work out in the morning i'd have to have a freezing cold shower and i was like one of the only ones that did that but i was like no one's telling me when i can and can't have a shower You are definitely the type of person that would just have a cold shower to make a point. Yes, that's me. I'm that type of, I'm very petty. Like even with David, he's like, you would literally just, if I'm telling you the right thing, you would just go, no, I'm going to do the wrong thing anyway. (laughs) So I'm that just to prove you wrong. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but that's just my personality. And it's something I I love. I I don't remember exactly, but how far did you make it? And what was it like coming out? And then when the show aired, like kind of sort of blew up, like you're one of the, three or four yeah I was third yeah third so the grand finale very end it was like 101 days in total and a long time yeah to be in fun prison but it was it was so we were live so we I didn't get the full experience of being out when the show was on so like when we got out the show ended but we got like the aftermath of it and like I guess you can say we got a taste of fame like we got a taste like a small taste of it and it was crazy like I got a bit of anxiety like I didn't get like I hate saying depression but I did I was depressed after the show it was like a really weird like the whole thing was super weird like they tell you yeah you're gonna be like you know a little bit famous people are gonna know you many people in the street who think they know you and they kind of prepare you that way but after it was just so like I would get people being really positive to me and like like mums coming up saying, oh, my God, you're like a really good role model for my daughter. I want her to be just like you, strong, independent. And that would give me anxiety. Like, I'm like yeah, oh, I have to, like, be this role model person now. I can't, like, be myself. Like, what if I say something that offends someone? So I just was, like, really – I went back in a shell. And I'm not – I'm really extroverted normally. But luckily I had David. David literally was pulling me out of bed, um, making sure I was still, like, going for my runs, for my mental health. Like, he was really amazing to have. Like, and he's obviously – he was in the public eye. So he – He uh, knew how to deal with it. He knew how to deal with it. So it was, I was very lucky in that sense that I had David as a partner who, like, like helped me – through all of that so it was like a really big whirlwind and then like straight after that David was like it was like 2014 um the guys from supercars were like oh you'd be great on like V8 Extra and you'd be great for a reporter and you know do the light funny hearted stuff of V8 Supercars I was like 
that's amazing. But A, I'm, I don't really know much about supercars and I feel like a fraud and I feel like I've like skipped a few steps. And I remember them going, we'll just get you to interview Tim Blanchard. And I was like, which one's Tim Blanchard? Which, which team is that? <laughs> I didn't know. Like I knew who Tim was, but I didn't know what, like, what the team was. I didn't know like where to go. I didn't know anything about it. So I was like learning on the spot. So that was also adding to the anxiety. Yeah, for sure. So what was it like being away from Dave while, you know, the real world carried on? Dave was still racing and you were kind of living in your own bubble, little prison. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't know anything, like your family, Dave's careers in no. like a very sort of pivotal moment. Like back then he was just sort of coming to the, you know, hi, I'm David Reynolds and sort of watch out kind of phase. <laughs> well, you know, like it yeah. does, it does come up. And then, you know, crews come up and, and come down. So he was sort of in that, like, you know, FPR was sort of really successful. Yeah. Mark just won Bathurst, was won Bathurst in 2013. You know, it was it was a big time for, for FPR and, and, and Dave and yeah. all that sort of crew. What was it like to be away and to miss all of that? Yeah, like I was literally, I had no idea. I, I was like, oh, my God, he's probably watched the show thought I'm a crazy bitch and was like see ya and I thought I was probably embarrassing him so I'm like oh my god I bet he's dumped me like I bet I'm like don't even have a boyfriend when I walk out of here but he got to watch me every night so he was like obviously watching me every night so in my head I'm like I still think he loves me I still think he's like my boyfriend um but it was that's a big thing to go through at the start of a relationship it really is it was so testing and I think it actually helped us because we got up we got back out and I was still back in our honeymoon stage for a like in a longer period. Um, but the first thing I said to him when I, when I got out of the show, he was there. So like, obviously we got, like when I got to top five, we got messages from home and obviously he was in my messages. So I was like, oh my God, he's still my boyfriend, still loves me. And as soon as I got out, I was like, did you cheat on me? And he's like, no. <laughs> I was like, what you? It happened in three months. Exactly. Like, like what was happening you know, in three months' time? Like a lot can happen. Exactly. So. And he won his first race. So he won um, Gold Coast. And we could hear, we could actually hear the cars from the no house. Way. Yeah, we could hear. And it was so funny. Oh, that would have been such a weird emotional roller coaster to be able to hear them and not like, yeah. um, you know what? It was so funny because we're all talking about in the house and we're like, oh, I wonder how he's going. And I was joking. I'm like, imagine if he won. I was like, nah, he wouldn't have won. And he won. So it was so funny that we manifested that when we were in the house. Anyway, he won. So, um, and then he re-signed. I think he re-signed as well while I was in the house. So that was actually kind of like good for him. Um, But I wasn't there for like any of that. So it kind of felt like I was a blimp. Like I've missed a big chunk of my life and his career. But like when I was in the house, I kept thinking about it all the time and like thinking about him and the fact that we could hear the cars when that, that race weekend was on, it was actually pretty, yeah, pretty crazy time. And it's been what, nearly 10 years now that you and Dave have been together. What's that roller coaster been like? And oh my <laughs> God, your, your kid, I just die. I cannot, like, I actually can't deal. You put stories up of him and I'm just like, no, nah, can't watch it. Can't do it. <laughs> Makes your ovaries go, hey, just want to. He is ridiculous. He's so cute. And the funny thing is David's always like, I want him to stay away from motorsport. Like it's too expensive. We're not getting in. He's not doing motorsport at all. Literally everything. He watches F1s. He watches MotoGP. He watches supercars. Like everything though is, dad, 
dad i'm like no dad doesn't drive f1s but you know hopefully you can drive f1s one day but exactly car he says car like car car and he wants to drive the cars all the time so david's taken him to the workshop a few times and he's driven daddy's car he's like that does car that does car and he's only 16 months but he's like really with it and he has his own, yeah. um, like, obviously motorized cars. He's got, like, a Lamborghini. He's actually got, like, five, like, a Range Rover, <laughs> a Lamborghini, a Porsche. <laughs> he's got a few, like, some of them are gifts, obviously. So we've just got, like, a few cars from family, friends, and, like, my sister and stuff like that have bought him some stuff. But he just, like, is into cars, and we can't stop him from loving it. So we're just, like, we'll we'll happen. yeah, we'll just, oh, hopefully it's just a hobby and he's, like, just a fan, like, a race fan at the moment. Like, we're just hoping that could be a thing. But he does love to drive and he's just started to, like, the age on the box says three and up. He's only 16 months and he can drive oh, the car. He's still not good at steering, but he can, like, put his, like, foot to the... Steering's thing. not important. It's all good. Exactly. <laughs> That's what David said. <laughs> So you had no interest in motorsport before you met Dave. You got kind of thrust into, you know, motorsport, seeing it from a a partner of a driver's perspective. Did you, over the last 10 years, have you had much involvement, you know, with Dave? Do you help him? Like, how do you help him on a race weekend? Look, not really. I think my only role with David is just to be there and be supportive, Um, try not have any arguments with him so he's in a really good frame of mind because you know David and for those of you that don't know David David's very very mentally like he's so easy he's so soft like he's a very soft soul like you say one thing and he can like you know hurt his feelings (laughs) like it might not be like anything serious and he'd be like did you really mean that and I don't mean to say that like I don't want to like say this in a what's the word he always says it not it's not my words this is his words he says he's the girl in the relationship so I have to make sure that he's not like you know I have to make sure he's in a really good headspace at a race weekend I fuss over him obviously now it's a bit different now that I've got Ryu now I'm like I'm looking after another child at the racetrack I can't run after David and get his food so now (laughs) now that's the team's job they like worry about his lunches and all that kind of stuff um, but that's the only thing I can do. I can't, like, offer him advice. I can't be like, yeah, how's the understeer going in this and the oversteer? Like, I can't talk to him about that just stuff. Roll bar forward, mate. Just move your roll bar forward. Yeah, just, like, just go faster. Like, go, what's the problem? I don't understand how you can't go faster. Just win. But, no, he, like, I love to, like, if he's had a bad day when I'm there, I just he just says, like, me and, like, if Ryu's there as well, um, it just makes his day. So I think just being there and just being supportive, that's all I need to really do. But can I also just say, ever since Ryu has been to a race meeting, we can test this this weekend as well, um, David's got a podium, just FYI. I like that. I like that theory. Yeah, so maybe Ryu's a good luck charm. Of course. <laughs> so speaking of Ryu... My brain explodes just thinking how, like, I filmed at your baby shower and now he, like, exists as a yep. as an own little person. <laughs> being a mum, what's that experience been like for you? And then being a dad, what's that been like for Dave? Oh, my God. See, I, I've, I've been annoying David for five years for a child, so I've always wanted to be a mum. I honestly have got a really big wake-up call at how much time and effort. Like, I was like, yeah, before kids, my sisters had two. Well, now she's had a third. 
but back then she only two and I was like oh my god I could do this this is so easy it's such a walk in the park I would do this this and this with all my hypothetical children and it would be so freaking easy and it's it's tough in a good way like I he is actually a great baby so like there's nothing he's if we had a bad like a bad baby that cried had to call everything under the sun I would be like what the hell I've been very lucky I've had a good baby but it is just a little part of you goes as a mother. And it's not in a bad way. I say that again. I say that with so much love. You lose a part of yourself because it's like you're sacrificing yourself for your child and their future. And I'm happy to do that. I'm willing to do that. I was at the age where I want to do that. I was ready five years ago. I'm ready now. But I just didn't understand how much time um, I would have stressing and worrying about another human and just even him sleeping, like checking on him every 10 minutes. Is he awake? Is he breathing? Is he okay? Like I just want to make sure that I keep my child alive. And David, on the other hand, oh, like he has been the best dad. Like I, like I'm going to cry because I can't speak highly of another human. He's been, oh my God, I'm going to cry. You're making me cry, Tanea. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I've just like literally, he has, he's been, he's stepped it up. I honestly was so scared. I was like, oh, he's not going to like, because I showed David, I showed David a, a, an interview with Ryan Reynolds and the interview was like um, him saying how much he loved his wife and I don't think I could love the baby as much as I love you. Um, but then as soon as the baby was born, he was like, my wife will be the human shield to protect that baby. And I showed David that interview. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, not possible. I can never love the baby as much as I love you. I love you way too much. And then literally as the day Ryu was born, he was doing like a skin to skin contact and he was like laying on David's chest. And David goes, baby, you will be that human shield. <laughs> and literally since the day he's born, he's just been doing like his best. I can't even talk because he's such an amazing dad. Like, even just before he has a I'm very good temperament, I can imagine. He's that. so patient. I'm not patient. He's so kind. Um, we've got different parenting styles for sure. Um, and David's always telling me if I get like really frustrated. Like the thing is, I get he gets to sleep and then he takes in the morning and helps me so I can get a rest. Um, but I'm always like, why am I losing my sleep? Why am I doing this? And at the start, because it was like, David was like, well, I can't exactly breastfeed. I can't exactly do this stuff. Like, we've got to do this. But I can help you in other ways. And he would, like, literally cook for me. He'd clean for me. He did everything that I needed, that needed to be done that wasn't involving, like, feeding. But any chance he gets, he wants to hold him. He's like, can I feed him? Can I hold him? Can I bath him? He wants to read to him every night. He's just, like, the best dad. I'm going to cry again because he's just amazing. He's actually been amazing. Oh, my God. I can tell how much, like... You're just so in love with your whole family. I we are. It's like yeah, I love them so much. Like I take so many, my whole camera reel is like them together and doing stuff. Like just before they were leaving here, they were sh- sitting on like the bench in the hotel room sharing an apple. It was just like I want another so one. <laughs> Getting emotional. Oh, but, so good. Yeah. But like now, Dave's career's sort of picked up again. Ryu's sixteen months old. What's your sort of day-to-day look like, just a normal day in Melbourne? You know, what's the kind of look like? Yeah, well, like, when I – because I work part-time, so I work three days a week, so that's very hard and annoying. But when we're together, like, on the Mondays and Fridays, if David doesn't have to go into the workshop, um, we literally wake up in the morning, we'll either go for a run together as a family. Um, David always has to make sure he cooks right, he's, like, organic – full cream organic milk like bottle like everything's organic and everything has to be the best food like don't feed him that feed him this so we cook a nice try and cook a nice healthy breakfast together 
Um, David loves taking Raj to the park. Like we just do family things together. At night, it's the same like bath, bed, um, book. Oh, sorry, bath, book, bottle, bed routine type thing. Like that's the routine. So it's always like a bath, book time, and then bottle, and then obviously he goes to bed. So that's like it's very basic, and it sounds really boring, but we love it. <laughs> that's all that matters. Exactly. But when we, when David's at work and I'm working, it's a juggling act. Let me tell you, it's like. And David doesn't want him going to childcare because David's like he's too cute. That's a David thing. Yeah, that's David, right? He's like you can't go to childcare. He can't do it. He's too good. He's too cute. He can't go to childcare because the the first day of childcare, he was like, "See ya, mom. See ya. I'm happy. I'm fine. Like playing, loved it." The next time, he was like, "Mom, mom, mom, mom," like crying, like don't go. So he realized he was there for the whole day last time. So yeah, just the fun bits at the start. Yeah, exactly. So you're super passionate and supportive, Dave. What has been your proudest moment so far? Ooh, there's been a few. I, I always, always get, like, emotional when the year he won Bathurst, like, even if I, like, show repeats of it. That's probably, like, the one because I, even before, like, when we were first getting together, when we first started, like, flirting and the first he gave me his first, like, we kissed, our first kiss was at Bathurst in 2012. And cool. yeah, it was really cool. Like it was, and that, that year he comes second, but Rod Nash, who was his boss at the time was like, no girls allowed. I want you to be focused. I want you to be like, you know, clear mind, no girls. And David like wanted to take me out that night. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to get in trouble. Your boss said, no, like, no, stop. And he kissed me that night. And it was like, it sounds really lame, but it was like electric and I had butterflies when we kissed. It was cool. so weird. So, and he's always said, to, and that like even he was telling me, he's like, I, I really want to win Bathurst. Bathurst is like our grand final. It's like means the world to me. Like I would love to win Bathurst. And I was like, oh yeah, well, I hope you get that. I hope you get to achieve that one day. You have no idea what this is. At the no like, idea. What's the I was like, what the hell? Who cares? Like, what, they do a thousand laps? Like a thousand laps? What yeah. do they do? What? So I was like, yeah, I hope, I hope you get that one time. And then obviously being with David and then obviously going to Erebus, like even before he left, people were like, oh, no, like you're going to go backwards. You're not going to go forwards. Like what are you doing? So obviously he had that down in his mind. And to win it with Bathurst and where they were at the time was so monumental and it was just a huge, like a huge success for him that I was so proud of. And I still, I get teary. I, I was crying when it happened for him. I still get like teary choked up about it now if I talk about it or if I see like clips from him winning that so I think that's probably like the proudest moment but like just him in general like the way he is so professional yeah he's like a Larry Ken and people see this funny such David and that's just who he is like what you see on TV is what you get and he is a funny person but what they don't see is how focused and how he's actually so smart like he says he's stupid and he talks himself down he really does but he is so smart and I just love how dedicated he is and how like he works with all of his teammates. Like if you, I think it's known throughout pit lane, the race fans might not know it, but through pit lane, David is so well respected because he's so nice. Like he talks to everyone. He actually genuinely cares about everyone, how they're going in the day. He knows everyone's name in his team and he like makes everyone feel included. So I think that's like, a big credit to him and that's something I really love about David and admire about him and his work ethic. So you've been around the sport for what nearly going on 10 years now. Have you seen or have you noticed sort of the female presence change or, you know, get better? Do you think we're heading in the right direction? 
Yeah, definitely. I've definitely seen so much female presence and every like I am friends with a lot of girls in pit lane as well. Like a, a lot of us are, I guess, a moving family. We've said it so many times. Travelling circus. It's a travelling circus, yeah. But I'm not like, I'm also not a, like, I'll say I'm not a feminist, but I'm not a huge feminist. I feel like women should be in that position because they earned it. And I really feel like that's what's happened here. Like women are in their position because they earned it. And there's so many women that are passionate about it. Like I would have loved to be one of those girls who are super passionate about it, but I love seeing it in other girls when I'm at the track. I love seeing girls who are like right into motorsport, who know what they're talking about. Like, I kind of think it's sexy. Like, you know, I'm like, well, that's really cool. I wish I was like, like you. I should know more. But I think it's really, it's such a really cool quality to have for the sport. Yeah, definitely. Even when, like, I edit videos for you, you're like, oh, my God, how did you do that? Yes, I know, right? I'm like, I will, I'm learning. I'm slowly learning. I'm not as good as you. I just don't have patience to do video editing. The only area of my life that I have patience in is video editing. Yeah, I wish I shared that same patience. <laughs> Even my partner's like, he's like, you have no patience. Like, no patience. I'm like, yes, but put me in front of a video editor and I'll edit there for eight hours. So maybe I just use all of my patience, you know, all of it that I have on making videos. So I have none left when someone's like, just wait. I'm like, no. (laughs) I want it now. I want a golden egg, daddy. I want it now. (laughs) So a couple of years ago, the supercars sport and most motorsport in general moved away from the concept of you know having grid girls involved and and through sponsors activations and things like that do you think that was a good move is it has it made the sport better or worse what's your opinion on that having been involved in the you know the grid girl like actually being a grid girl and being involved in those sponsor you know pursuit sort of thing yeah look I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing I'm like I have my opinion but I definitely think that that's a branding that's branding for a, like a certain brand and I felt like it actually worked like if you look back you remember who like the well I think they've still got monster girls but you remember the monster girls you remember monster energy because of the monster girls you remember the bottler girls because of the bottle you remember bottle because of the bottler girls You're like I think it's like a brand it's a certain marketing style that actually did work so I think it was probably silly to get rid of it for I think I personally think it's like being politically correct because I feel like that's how a lot of girls made money that was they took away a lot of girls some girls solely just did promo modeling from like for money that took away a big chunk of people's paycheck so I think it didn't really the for the reasons that I thought it was they were doing it like taking away didn't really serve the purpose I feel like if it was actually degrading towards women yeah maybe it should have been looked at or removed but Yes, every every grid girl that I ever spoke to absolutely loved what they did. Like, it's not like they were being forced to be there or, you know, that was there by choice and, you know, wanting to be there and, yeah. and it was their job. Yeah, and the outfits weren't bad. Like, if we, if, like, we actually didn't like the outfit, you could have just said no or you didn't have to do it or you could have talked to the person and say, hey, I'm not comfortable wearing this, can I wear this? And But honestly, I did a lot of promo and there was nothing that I didn't wear that was, like, inappropriate or I felt was too inappropriate if you looked at all it was all quite respectful if you ask me so I just think um yeah I don't know I think it didn't for me personally I think it didn't really help at all I think it kind of it's now not as fun it's taken the glamour and the fun away from the sport that's just my personal opinion 
Yeah, and it's good and it's awesome to have your opinion from actually being involved in it. I think probably though the the benefit that I see from from my perspective is purely being able to put a bit more of a spotlight on women who are mechanics or who are engineers or things like that and not just have everyone's mind go to you're a woman you're a woman in motorsport, you must be a grid girl. That was definitely a stereotype that Yeah. Even Priya said in, in Priya said in her story that as she was growing up, she grew up between like she was born in 2001 and grew up in that like early, like, you know, thousands kind of period. And she thought that the only possible role that she could have if she wanted to work in motorsport was to be a grid girl. Yeah. No, and that's the other thing. That's, see, it's double-edged sword for everything, right? Like there's two sides to every story. So I think, yeah, um, I honestly, I wouldn't have thought that there was many other careers in motorsport as well. But I don't believe that's just short. Because you didn't grow up with it, I guess. Yeah, I didn't grow up with it, to be honest with you. But I just think that um, it's the branding for the sponsors as well. I think that's branding for them that worked or, you know, it's just even like if you're handing out like flyers or handing out gift cards or, you know, free stuff, I think like that's still, it's memorable. I think that stuff is still valuable to have. It doesn't, yeah. I think, there, I think there's a way it could have been done without completely removing the whole concept like maybe we maybe if we were to you know highlight grid girls but also like it doesn't have to be one or the other and it never had to be one or the other the problem was when grid girls were around women in motorsport weren't at the point that we're at now to you know get the sort of spotlight there was you know even in even I started in 2017 and grid girls were still around then and like I categorizing them all as you know grid girls just for the concept of it but they were around then and there was no representation of women in motorsport there was no you know platforms no you know none of that sort of stuff yeah so I just don't think the maybe the timing didn't line up with you know the the banning of grid girls with the rise in female presence obviously you had a pretty positive experience what was it like for you and yeah yeah I had the best like i Every time I did a job, I was like, it was the best job. It was so much fun. Like I said, we got promo at the prime. So it was always the best of the best. Like we literally felt part of the team. So my, my experience was always positive. Um, I always like felt guilty. I was like, am I working? Am I getting paid for this? Like it was like I'm getting paid just to have fun. So that was like my whole experience. Sometimes though, it was like the days if it was a hot event, like, you know, Darwin or Townsville, it would take you, take it like out of you and you're like, oh, I just want to go home and finish and go to sleep and crawl up into bed. So those days, those ones were hard, but the rest, like I literally felt guilty. I felt like I was getting paid to have fun, really. And how kind of far has that whole thing come now? I remember that photo of Winton of you, Dave and Rye, after he was on the podium. Did that just like, did you just die on the insides? Like after you saw that photo? Yes. And I was like, obviously I was like, damn it. I don't, I look like I had no sleep from the night before. Obviously I was running around Ryu after day, all day. So I look like uh, death, but I loved, I felt like I just love any kind of family photo that we have. Cause like, it's very rare that we get to get family photos together. But um, now that we're up in here in Darwin, I've got matching swimwear for all of us. So we're going to get our annual family matching swimwear photo so but it's I'm because sure Dave loves that he I'm sure he's so it. excited by that what are you talking about he loves it he like asks me he begs me to take this photo I do not have to bribe him at all I think you're lying to me <laughs> yeah no it's a freaking mish but he was like I'm not wearing that they're like yellow 
like I don't know what the animal is on it. It's like an I think it's like a kangaroo. They're like yellow kangaroo bikinis, and he's just like, I am not wearing that. I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> right, you can't fight me on it yet. So I'm making the most of it until they both exactly. are against me on this. <laughs> So you're up in Darwin at the moment. It's your we well, grew up in Darwin, so yeah. it's technically your home race, even though you're you're Melbourne <laughs> Melbourne living now. Correct. What's it like to be able to come home, you know, for Dave's work? It's a mix of a holiday plus, you know, Dave gets to go to work and do what he loves. Yeah, we love it. This is like my favorite round of like like aside from Bathurst but it's my favorite round my whole family's up here still so my whole family look forward to it as well they get to see me they're catching up with Ryu catch up with David and David loves it too so he's up he's come up a few days early so we can have some time with my family and actually have a holiday and enjoy our time up here and enjoy the weather so I love Darwin this is my favorite I look forward to it all the time every every year I look forward to it such a fun event yeah it's it's actually really fun too like I think it's actually one of the top top rounds yeah, definitely. It's like up here, it's like one of the interesting things that we get. So it goes big. Like every everyone's talking about it. It's everywhere. It's like it's like it feels like the F one. It's like when the F ones are in Melbourne. You know what I mean? Same kind of vibe, definitely. <laughs> All right, thanks to Han for coming and chatting with me on Girls on the Grid. It's been an absolute pleasure. We always have such a laugh when we're together. <laughs> so, so thanks for coming on, and uh, see you in Darwin this weekend. Yes, I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. And a huge thank you to Tahan for coming and having a chat with us on Girls on the Grid. P-Dog, what have we got coming up in Girls on the Grid land? Yeah, we have some exciting things coming up for Girls on the Grid. We've got some really cool guests coming up. Episode 25 is coming up and that is a pretty decent milestone. So we we have a very exciting guest for that one, which we can't wait for. I'm finally going to be allowed to dive into talking to... Some females on two wheels. So that's exciting for me because that's my background. So I'm really excited to chat to some of the girls that I raced with growing up who are now doing really cool things, you know, like doing Fink and racing in the Professional Women's Championship here in Australia. So that'd be really cool to hear about their stories. And Priya's going to sit down with a couple of up-and-coming girls, a couple of girls who are in the motorsport industry who are trying to pave their path and just, you know, doing whatever they can to get their name out there. So at Girls on the Grid, we are really, really excited about, you know, sharing the love and giving people a platform to tell their stories. So that's coming up for us. And yeah, you know what? You will hear from us every Monday, uh, somewhere between 6am and 6pm, depending on what we had on that weekend. And just on a complete side note, this podcast was really hard to edit because I actually broke my thumb at futsal. So I chipped a little bit of bone off my bone in my thumb. Uh, So it makes using a mouse with my right hand difficult so I hope you guys appreciate the extra effort that I went to to get this podcast done it's just such a Tanea thing to happen that I broke a bone on my hand while playing a game that involves my feet anywho that is it from us this week we are back for another episode on Monday with another guest and we will talk to you guys soon you've just listened to another Network R production 